JPR and looking forward to the Champions Cup in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Yes, one of the greats passed away this week. A chance to replay an interview he did on this podcast at the start of last year. First, the Champions Cup. Cardiff are the Welsh representatives and a big game home to Harlequins awaits this weekend. Second row, Teddy Williams is one of those hoping to press his claims ahead of the Wales Six Nations squad selection next week. Yeah, I love playing against the English sides. I've had really good uh, experiences against them. And, yeah, always good challenge. And uh, yeah, to be fair, as you say, it gets a lot of interest isn't it, from, uh, from the fans. Cardiff have got this amazing sort of run this season of, of taking something out of every game. Yeah. What does that say about what's going on here, about perhaps the feeling within the team, within the players? Hey, look, obviously, we're performing to a, to a certain level quite consistently most weeks. Now, that hasn't been good enough to get as many wins as we've liked, but it's definitely, uh, you know, that level of consistency has probably been there really by and large in the long term we've got to start winning these games haven't we you know no one wants to be close losers every week no. from what happened last year we've probably uh, surprised a few people but yeah we've, I mean we need to start winning in the longer term we've got to win some games haven't we yeah we play to win don't we that's what we're going out there to do we haven't managed to get as many wins as we have liked and uh, yeah you're probably right in, we're sticking in the fight we're not being blown away what about the dummy and Dummy and go from the yeah. Dragons game. Have you been going around telling the backs how they do it, where they're, where they're going wrong, that sort of stuff? No, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm sort of instinctive, I suppose. Just uh, one, of, one of those things, yeah. Should have passed it. I think Cam Burnett had a walk in, so I probably should have passed it to him. <laughs> to us, but. How much does last summer impact your form this season? Yeah, it was obviously a good, tough camp, and yeah, obviously got you know good benefits in terms of conditioning from it. So yeah, probably. Put me in a good a good spot to start the season well. Do you think it's helped as you playing down in Bridgend in very different conditions? <laughs> Did that conditioning um, still work or has that sort of gone now? Oh, of course it of course it yeah, I think probably you know, throughout the season your conditioning sort of once you're playing games week on week that sort of takes care of itself. And with the training week and everything, all the work we put in here, brilliant to be involved in that in the summer and it was really tough camping, got learned a lot from it. Now it's sort of once you're into the season I think it's Sort of the season just takes care of itself, really. You probably get up to a certain level, and your training week is managed obviously by the strength and conditioning coaches, and they manage sort of making sure we, we stay up to speed. Yourself and Rory seem to have been starting quite a few games together. Do you feel you're, you're developing a bit of a partnership there? Yeah, so myself and Rory had a spell of games, played quite a bit with Seb as well. I think Seb and Rory have played quite a bit together. It's about, yeah, it's important that you know, between the two, there's a partnership there. There's a bit of a balance there, though, isn't it? Yourself and Seb are similar type of players, or just a bit of a bigger guy. Yeah, you could say that. Whoever's picked to play need to find a good balance and get the best out of each other. Of course, everyone knows there are some financial restraints in rugby at the moment, and there's a human side for that as well. A bit of good news for Cardiff and Wales centre Willis Hollow. He's been playing on a short-term contract at the Arms Park so far this season, after long-term injury and plenty of uncertainty. But he's just signed a new deal to take him through to the end of the season. It was always uh, the goal to try and stay on. You know, um, everyone knows what's going on. So just happy that we were able to get it sorted and 
yeah, just comfortable here with my family and we're enjoying it here, so hopefully we can uh, enjoy it for the rest of the season. What does the club mean to you? You've been here now for, for so long, I know your, your children are here as well. Massive club. Uh, when I look back on my career, I'll probably be like most of my, my career will be based here in, in Cardiff. Um, I've got three kids born here, so you know, it's, remember this place for the rest of my life, really, um, wherever I'm, I'm at after this or wherever. Yeah. You know, after a whole year out injured, to come back and play pretty much maybe eight games on a bounce it was a bit of a shock for the body. Trying to get back to my best. Probably going to enjoy it more now, you know, knowing that uh, I'm here for the rest of the season. You know, it was, was tough playing with uh, a bit of the anxiety going on, trying not to think about getting injured and whatnot, but just happy that we've got it over the line and I can uh, start enjoying it fully. Just give us a picture of your last 12 months. You've had a bit of a rollercoaster, haven't you? been tough not gonna lie um probably the the toughest you know 12 months of my career not only because of the injuries but you know everything that comes with it you know having to deal with um not knowing where you're going to be and where you're going to take your family how you're going to provide for your family and stuff like that that was the hardest part so luckily you know i had a lot of you know brothers around here that um you know i've gotten close to and jockey and, and the coaching staff have been um, really um supportive in, in, in that aspect so yeah Strange that this time last year you were signed to Cardiff. This time now you're signed to Cardiff. It's almost like nothing's changed, but a lot's changed in that period, hasn't it? Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot has happened. Just going back to when I had my second injury, I had the operation. Then two weeks later, I had my fifth daughter. So it was, it was tough. It's been a tough uh, process, you know, during the summer. But you know, like I said, I'm just happy to be back out there. Your family have been important to keep you going through this. Uh, yeah, I think that's the main motivator for me um you know giving it a go again you know there were lots of thoughts and doubts of whether you know i can get back playing with these boys at this level again but um especially with my my fifth daughter born i didn't want her to miss out on not seeing her dad play on the arms park so yeah describe that process when you're on a short-term contract you come back and you're playing and you don't you know what it's like to get a serious injury obviously because yeah you've had those what's that like mentally is it really easy to just leave in the touchline and play a normal game no man, it's, it's tough. It is tough. It is real tough, especially when you you've come off back-to-back -back injuries. You try not to think about it too much, but you just trust that you've put in the work and got your body to, you know, get through through games. And you know, you've got fourteen other brothers out there that's got your back. So yeah. we know what you can do, and your career may be extended by the the time out. What happens at the end of the season? Are you starting to think of that? Where, where does that go? Definitely, I, I think. You've always got one eye on, on you know what's what's next, but I can only um, work on that by focusing week to week and playing well for Cardiff and competing with the boys. There's lots of young boys coming through, and you know you're fighting for game time and things like that. So you know we'll see how it goes. This is a time of the season when there are always plenty of rumours flying around. Some players re-signing, some leaving. Cardiff coach Matt Sherratt had an interesting take on it all, starting with scrum half Thomas Williams announcing he'll be playing for Gloucester next season. He's a brilliant player, isn't he? And what I'd like to say, he's a Cardiff player as well. So him going to Gloucester now, like 29 years of age, he's earned the right to look somewhere else to have a, a different experience in his career. But he'll always be welcome back here. He's, he's come through the ranks. He's a Triorki boy. He comes through our age grade. A lot of big moments in the club he's been at the heart of and it's been a pleasure for me to see him grow as well. So I saw him, uh, I think in one of the releases yesterday actually, we were sat in the changing room together after Bill Bag, 
and uh, I look a bit younger as well, but he, he looks even younger. <laughs> like big moments there. And then what I would say about that, he's come through then with the likes of, say, Gethin Jenkins, Gareth Hanscom was here there, uh, Nick Williams, some real older players, and he's the young pup then snapping up their heels. So to see him now, like eight years on at 29, in let's be honest, been quite a, a season where we've had a little bit of adversity. He's shown the other side of his character now where he stepped up, led the young boys. been so easy for the likes of him and Jaddy to have switched off a little bit, but they've been the opposite. Tommy has been somebody who's rallied the troops. He's someone in your dressing room that you want if you're up against it because he's a competitor and he'll fight for everything. So he'll be he's a big loss for the club. There's no getting away from that. But as I said, we wish him all the best and... I know he's going to finish well for us because he's he's a good character. Piers, that you've got clubs sniffing around a couple of your players. Mason Grady, the latest. Are those discussions progressing with him? Yeah, well, probably one of the the downsides of this year is they'd be mad not to look any club to look at our young players because they've played well and Mason's got the physical attributes where he's always going to be high on other clubs' lists. I've let Mason enjoy his rugby uh, this season. He's had some really good moments for us. And whilst we're in this block of games, he's preparing to play against the likes of Harlequins and Russin next week and obviously the Six Nations on the horizon. I don't think I'd be doing my job properly if I filled his head with like his contractual situation. Like I've obviously, when there's been breaks, had brief chats with him. All I can say at the moment is he's his mates are here. He's happy, he's being picked, he's showing his physical attributes on the field and, yeah, obviously we hope he stays with us. The real situation as well would work for you. Yeah, uh, and also I, I just think, like not just us, Welsh rugby in particular, Tom is 29, he's spent 10 years at Cardiff. With the salary cap, it's going to be very, very difficult to hold on to four, five, six top-end Welsh players because... Ultimately, there's no money left for the rest. He's trying to get 40 players into a 4.5 million squad is is challenging. So if players are going to go, and obviously we didn't want Tommy to go, and we, we did try to keep him, let's try and make sure it's at the end of their career when they've been really good servants to the regional game and the Welsh game. It would be really, really sad if a Mason Grady or a Mackenzie Martin and, you know, I could talk about the other regions, but if they start leaving at 21, 22... There's some issues there, aren't there? Clubs and the WIU need to combine and make sure that those players are, are staying in Wales, playing for their region and competing to wear the Welsh shirt. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So that's looking forward. Now it's time to look back. We lost one of the greats this week when J.P.R. Williams passed away. The fullback started his career in the 60s, was a big part of all the success in the 70s, and carried on into the 80s. And carried on after that, playing for Tondee, such was his love of rugby. Just under a year ago, he was there as part of the celebrations of the famous Barbarians v All Blacks game in 1973, the 50th anniversary. And it was a chance to look back alongside his Wales and Lions colleague, Wing John Bevan. Of course, we started with JPR looking back at that game. 
It was phenomenal, really, in that it was the majority of the 71 Lions who expected to play 18 months later, and we just managed to hit it off. We, we illegally, uh, as realised at the time, uh, we had um, our coach from 71, Cadwin James, he actually gave a team talk to, to the Barbas team, strictly out of the blue, really, and, and we just turned it on. And to be fair to the All Blacks, they joined into the superb game it turned out to be. And John Bevan, I mean, it was a great game to be on the wing, surely? I, well, normally on the wing, you don't do much. You're called into action every now and then. But within five minutes of that game, I was absolutely shattered from all the running around. The ball was in play for so long. And normally where you expect somebody to kick the ball to touch, if it goes into the 22, all of a sudden people start dancing in the 22 and they counter-attacking or whatever. And so they entered into the spirit of things. And as uh, John said, you know, we picked up where we left off. It wasn't as if we were thrown together and we didn't know each other. We actually picked up where we were passing the ball, moving the ball, we knew who could do what, and it gelled on the day. The All Blacks could have shut up shop and just shoved up the jumper and it would have been a different game. But they ended in the spirit of it and made it the occasion it was. Let's talk about the try. I'll come to JPR in a moment, but of course you were involved but not involved. What was your view on it? <laughs> I obviously took all the All Blacks out of contention <laughs> just looking at me. <laughs> no, but... Um, Brian Williams was my opposite number, great winger, but he kicked the ball. And I was just jogging back, thinking that, well, that kick's not going anywhere. Somebody will kick it out to touch. And when I saw Benny dancing, I thought, I'd better get back there. And fair play to everybody involved in that try. They started getting back behind the ball. Uh, there were a couple of tackles and passing out the tackles, which uh, most sometimes some of these players especially the forwards, might have just taken the end and set up the mall or the ruck, but they managed to get the ball out. Now, when Derek had the ball, we can safely say the pace going forward was not as... was a bit uh, worrying, and I just saw this black tide coming across and Derek trundling along. He, I caught the ball. I doubt if I would have made it because I would have gone from a jogging position to sprinting. But fair play to Gareth, he just saw him wind up and he took the pass and he just got there in the corner. To read that pass was brilliant, to actually come on at pace. You know, I tried to come on the inside. There's no way Gareth was going to pass anyway that close to the line, to be honest. (laughs) And the amazing thing about that was that that Gareth started off behind our own goal line. So he he actually was accelerating all all the while and took it... Flat out. Yeah, that made the difference. That made the difference. And of course, it was all started by Phil Bennett. Yes. In the full-back position. What were you doing letting him get there? (laughs) We all miss Benny so much. And I played with him at under-15 level. So I knew what to expect. I knew he was going to run it back. And of course, nowadays, that would be probably a red card. And uh, (laughs) sending off. (laughs) The try would never have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And was there a feeling back in the 22, moving towards the halfway line, that it's on here? Yeah, I, I think we we all realised that uh, the only way to beat the All Blacks, uh, and it still stands to this day, is to actually move the ball against yeah. them. Because you're not going to win more than 35% of the ball, which is what happened in 71 and, and in the Lions. Uh, um, it was great that it's, it all turned right. 
And then, of course, it was such a great get question for you both, but it was such a great game, wasn't it? That the whole match was just it yes, set the tone. As we said, uh, we we had no right really to to play like we did do, and uh, I think um, the Karen must have said because I wasn't in the dressing room. I think he spoke mostly to the forwards, go out there and move the ball, which was always his. For three and a half months, he yeah, said that. Yeah, three and a half, <laughs> and, and it happened. It was yeah. just a fantastic occasion. Yeah. Nearly enough to keep you in rugby union, John? <laughs> if they got me a job, I would stay. <laughs> <laughs> rugby league got me a teaching job, so <laughs> I mean, nothing against rugby league. Great game. Yeah. Could a game like that be played now in the professional era, do you think? We've just mentioned the fact I took five high tackles in that game. The first one was the one of, from the try. It's difficult at the moment. It's, there's so much uncertainty about tackles you know is it a yellow card no card red card I'd like to see rugby union go back to what it was when I was in school you tackle below the knee and you get your head out of the way to me it's common sense yeah John yeah as a school teacher Mm -hmm. that's all you teach them tackle keep your head out of the way there's a target area if you want to make it harder tackle try and put your shoulder on the other knee, not on the knee at thigh. But I think all teachers teach kids the right way and about moving the ball. You know, all the schools teach, use the ball, use the ball. Every school I've gone to penalises anybody who goes reasonably high, even if it slips up, because you've got to instill it in school boys, there's your target. And if they do that, and if they do it in senior level, obviously the boys with the ball... No, they can't tackle up there, and they're going to have their hands free to get rid of the ball. So hopefully it'll make it a, a faster game, and coaches will be saying, move the ball, not set up a ruck, set up a mall. You know, so if they do change the tackle area down to there, it will open up the game for more skills. Watching some 70s, 80s rugby, yeah. and it seems that all the tackling's either low, or as you mentioned, oh. head high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to change the uh, the attitude of the players, I think, really, in, in that you, you can't tackle, I would say, above the waist. You can easily slip off and go up to the head area, which is where, where all the worry is about. It was Brian Williams, of course, with the high tackle. But, uh, you know, obviously now everyone, like you say, says red card. At the time, like that day or afterwards, did anybody mention that no, tackle? No, <laughs> no, no. It was, it was kind yeah, of no, not seen no. as... No. Which shows that things have because changed, I, I guess. Yeah. As I said, I, I had four similar tackles during the rest of the game. Was your try on that day better? <laughs> well, <laughs> a Willie John would say yes because he, he took part in two passes and then Mike Gibson gave me the ball. In fact, it was as important as Gareth's try in that the All Blacks came back at us quite strongly and the result was still in doubt and my try finished it off, basically. I sidestepped the fullback. <laughs> First time I've ever seen you sidestep. Never, <laughs> never seen me sidestep before. But it was just a great occasion, amazing how, if you're a great side, as we were in 71, obviously, you can reproduce it. You haven't got to win all the ball. You can win with 30, 35% of the possession, which is what we did in 71 of the Lions. So. JPR Williams finishing off there, as Welsh Rugby Union President Terry Cobner said this week, with JPR on your side, you always had a chance of winning anything. That's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear about the Six Nations squad next week. But until then, goodbye.